Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on modernizing electronic health records, brought to you today by VMware, Intel, and Kerasoft. I'm your host, Billy Mitchell, and in today's episode, we take a look at the Defense Department's ambitious plans to provide a single electronic health record for each of more than 9 million MHS beneficiaries. We'll explore where things stand with the Military Health Systems Genesis Project, why developing a single electronic health record standard is harder than it looks, and what lessons military health system IT leaders can share about making health records more useful to patients, providers, and others. Joining us today is Commander Alexander M. Holston, Chief Medical Informatics Officer for DOD's Healthcare Management System Modernization Program Office. Commander Holston is a Doctor of Medicine who served as a Chief Medical Informatics Officer for the U.S. Navy for nearly two decades. Commander Holston, welcome to the program. Thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you. Also joining us today is Rob Sherry. Rob is Senior Director of Federal Healthcare at VMware. He's also an expert in the use of technology systems in federal healthcare. Rob, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Glad to join the conversation. Great. As you both know, the U.S. military has been among the early pioneers in deploying electronic health records globally, but in recent years has come under fire for costly efforts to update its EHR systems. Let's start with you, Commander Holston. Help put that into perspective, what the challenge has been and where things stand now with the Military Health Systems Genesis Project. Sure. Thanks for the question. As I see it, MHS Genesis is a a system of systems. If you think about a traditional electronic health record, uh, Cerner's Millennium, that is just one of the systems within many modules uh, that connect to one instance of an Oracle database. And I even looked up which database it was for all the CIOs and data scientists out there listening. It's version 11.2.0.4.0. So layered on top of this database is our electronic health records for our clinics and inpatient wards. That's PowerChart. And then we also connect to uh, FirstNet for our emergency rooms, our ORs, SurgeonNet, and then we have some unique modules to meet the more uh, unique DOD mission, functions such as Dentrix, which is our outpatient dental electronic health record. We have interface to our personnel system or the Defense Enrollment Eligibility Reporting System, better known as DEERS, and those all feed data into and take data out of our one instance. So we have had challenges, but I think we're making progress. And when you look at it as a system of systems, I don't think anyone should be surprised that there would be challenges. Since Go Live, more than 90% of the total tickets we have gotten have been disposed of or taken care of, and we're working hard to resolve the remaining ones. Times to close tickets has significantly decreased since we've started optimization. And personally, I'm pleased with the progress we're making. Everyone is working to ensure that we adapt and improve from the lessons we learned from the providers at the deck plate in the Pacific Northwest. It really comes back to our team out in the Pacific Northwest, the providers out there who are putting in the extra hours to make sure that we get this right. And when people challenge, you know, how is it going? It doesn't take long to read in the headlines or find in the headlines that there are challenges or at least a bias that calls it challenges. I call it just part of the progress that we're making. But I always like to come back to our HIMSS Analytics report. HIMSS Analytics is a global benchmarking tool. I think most of the people in the audience listening know that, but it's used by hospitals and governments to provide a roadmap on how to progress towards a paperless electronic health record. HIMSS provided adoption scoring and benchmarking gap analysis assessments on all of our initial operating capability sites prior to their launch. The average score before we went live at each of the sites was well below the national average. Uh, It was a 1.59 on our electronic medical record adoption model, or ERAM, 
And on the outpatient electronic medical record adoption model, it was a 2.38. So right after go live, before even we got through all of the optimization, there was a significant jump with all four sites at or above a stage five on the MRAM and on the O MRAM. Fairchild Air Force Base actually achieved a stage six on the MRAM. Um, so when they say there's challenges, I'd have to agree that it's challenging to work with a system of systems. But overall, I think we have very good evidence to show that we're making good progress and that we've moved from pretty much on average a two on the HIMSS analytics tool to a five to six. And I'm very pleased with the progress we're making. Great, great. And it, it does seem like there's a lot of progress being made. The, the military is obviously not alone in, in the move to adopt EHRs. Uh, we, we continue to see, again, challenges as well in the private sector rolling out electronic health records that work for everyone involved in a patient's care. What is it about those EHRs that has made it so challenging for healthcare providers to share information? So I, I think providers in general have been disappointed and frustrated with electronic health records. You know, the thought was that this would be a, a panacea tool that could come in and make our lives as doctors easier or better or make it easier to see patients. And I always come back to a, a picture that one of the a patient drew, a pediatric patient, on his impression of what it was like to see a doctor nowadays in a pediatric clinic. And it was a child drawing that appeared in the American Academy of Pediatrics journal. And in it, the child was sitting on the table and the doctor was sitting next to the patient but had his back turned to the patient and was instead facing a computer. And, and that kind of made me sad that that's where we kind of see ourselves nowadays as providers is instead of seeing patients, we're seeing a computer screen. Um, and this isn't just my opinion. Lucchetti Lenato in uh, June wrote a piece called Hospitals Address Widespread Doctor Burnout for the Wall Street Journal, and she pointed out that half of U.S. physicians show some sign of burnout. And a leading cause of physician distress is the electronic health record. Um, have you guys heard of the term pajama time? So for those not familiar in the audience, when I first heard the term pajama time, I thought that's kind of the time when I get my kids, Emma and Matthew, off to bed. But, you know, pajama time is the new term for when physicians are at home documenting in the electronic medical record to complete charting that wasn't done throughout the day. And Sarah Berg in the AMA Wire in 2017 wrote that researchers from the University of Wisconsin found providers were spending an hour and a half documenting after hours in electronic health record. And, and doctors aren't alone. So that's just uh, what's been reported for doctors. Nurses are staying hours after shifts to complete flow sheets and notes. Coders have seen uh, times to complete a chart double or triple since implementing electronic health records. And unfortunately, we've turned some of our nation's brightest and most compassionate professionals into data entry technicians, all in the name of quality, safety, and data exchange. And all of these are important. No one will argue that we shouldn't value quality, that we shouldn't value safety, that the importance of information exchanged between institutions, the DOD to the VA, isn't important. But at what cost is it coming to us? Yeah. So within MHS Genesis, we're able to follow the percentage of documentation that occurs outside of scheduled hours, thanks to a report put together by Lieutenant Matthew Lawson and his team and the hard work of the reporting teams at our Pacific Northwest IOC site. So in the past six months, we've noted that about 5 to 6.5% of documentation comes after hours. But if you ask my opinion, that's still too high. I don't think this is a technology problem. I think this is our problem. Technology can help track it. We use Lights On, um, which tracks every click that every user makes in Millennium. So I know exactly when a provider is documenting an electronic health record down to the specific provider, down to the specific minute, 
of any hour of each day. And that's a lot of powerful big data. So the technology can be used to collect the data, but that's not going to force us to change. We have to ask ourselves the question, is this what we want our doctors and nurses and providers doing? Do we want them seeing a computer screen or do we want them actually seeing patients? I think that's more of a question for society than it is just for the technology that's implementing it. Sure, sure. And Rob, from your perspective working with the larger federal health care arena, what do you see as the primary challenges for creating a more functional system for capturing and sharing EHR information? And, and what do you think has to happen to make it easier for providers to share EHRs? Sure. Great, great question. Uh, the, the biggest challenge, I think, is change. I, I think in any part of life, whether it's personal life, professional life, anytime a, a change comes, you know, that, that requires commitment to it. Uh, it requires accepting ways of doing things differently. And the sheer scope and magnitude, genesis, and also you know, put in VA's EHRM, you know, which is a couple years behind genesis, but certainly you know, following along and, and partnering with the DHA, the, the change that's going to come to hundreds of thousands you know, of users of those systems is significant. And so at the individual level for folks interacting um, you know, with the patients, could be folks uh, you know, on the back end, there's going to be a significant change in how they go about caring for our service members and our veterans. And the, the biggest challenge you know, is uh, embracing that change uh, and then user adoption. If the user adoption goes well, then I think the systems have a, a great potential you know, for having a real positive impact you know, on, on patient care, patient delivery. Uh, one of the other things that can make it easier for healthcare providers to share electronic health data uh, is, is really you know, the data itself. So that information is critical you know, for the ability to share EHR info. And I think when you look at different systems, uh, whether it be on the same platform, such as DHA and, and VA are using, uh, or crossing uh, different platforms, it's having data that's consistent and usable across the systems and then also within the systems. So when the, the data comes to them, that it's, it's easily usable and uh, thus has an impact on how the provider uh, uses that data. I think also it's worth noting, as Commander Holston stated at the outset, uh, there's some pretty big internal challenges for large enterprises centralized and standardized their own data. And so it's been uh, great from an industry perspective over the last few years to see some of these large efforts that agencies like DHA and like VA have been doing internally to centralize and improve the data quality for the, uh, the information that they have in-house, which would then position them better for sharing data with each other and then also uh, increasingly with, uh, with external providers that extend that, that service to the service members and to veterans. Yeah. And, and Commander Holson, back to you, um, what would you say to CIOs and CTOs in our audience who may wonder about the merits of buying and building a, a massive new system that may take years to complete um, in, in a time when many organizations are, are going the opposite way and trying to adopt more agile development practices? Yeah, so I think that gets to kind of our schedule. And behind that, a lot of people want to know is why is it taking so long to deploy? And I, I just keep coming back to the idea that we are deploying worldwide. When we talk to our partners on the civilian side, they're deploying in maybe a region, uh, maybe multiple different states. But when it comes to worldwide deployments, I think we're the first when it comes to electronic health record. I could be wrong, but there's not a lot of worldwide deployments of electronic health records. And to address the agility concerns, I, I love reading Gartner articles. I love reading the Wall Street Journal. Um, I'm well familiar with the drive towards agility. 
quicker deployments, um, allowing for more modern electronic health records, or really any IT system. And I, I just have to say that's, that's an ambitious goal, but that's not the mission of the Department of Defense. Our mission is security. Our mission is stability. And while we have evidence that we're branching off into more agile development, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing that we can do with our networks is to be secure. Our first mission isn't to look like an Apple or an Amazon. Those are great goals to aspire to, but our first mission is to make sure that we have a secure electronic health record. And I dare say that if I were a hospital CIO or a CTO, I'd be looking toward the military to ask questions like, hey, how are you guys securing your medical devices? How are you securing our, your electronic health record? Because that's the area that we're getting right. We have a lot to learn from our partners when it comes to agility and agile deployments of IT systems such as MHS Genesis, but I think we have a lot more to offer when it comes to providing a stable and secure platform. We have a different mission within the Department of Defense, and I, I make no apologies for that, and I love being in the DOD space because I believe in what our mission is. Great. And um, Rob, how can industry and policymakers streamline EHRs for doctors who feel they're devoting too much time to data entry and not enough to patient care, as Commander Holston was alluding to earlier? Yeah, good, good. Another uh, good question. I think that does get exactly to burnout you know, with providers and also to the, uh, the child's illustration of what their experience was like with their provider. So I'd say two things, and they both deal with simplifying the provider experience. I think the DHA and VA both have uh, a huge opportunity to look at the workflows that their providers are, are currently using and what is it the, the next workflow or what makes the most sense you know, for the next five years to the extent that we can look out that far. But you know, what is that optimal workflow? Anytime that you have a, a wholesale system change out, I think it does bring in uh, the opportunity to look at like, how is the work being performed and can you know, the, the, the daily interactions for those providers be made simpler, easier, more effective with the new system uh, and not, not just looking at what is the current workflow and how do you implement that workflow in a, in a new EHR system. But I think there's a, a real opportunity to, to look at getting back some time to the providers and improving that patient experience you know, b between the patient and the provider. I think that the second part of that uh, is, of course, is uh, the people and the, the process. And for a second, you know, if you look at the third part of that, the tools, people, process, and tools, I, I do think um, you can simplify the provider experience with, with the concept of any application, any device, any cloud. Uh, and what basically, if, if you have the ability to put technology in the hands of the provider, uh, you know, that allows them to interact with the patient, get uh, patient data uh, from prior interactions, and, and really make it easy, things like single sign-on, having the data be available, infrastructure be there to support. I think giving the providers that ability to get to uh, the, the information they need you know, for that specific patient at the, at the appropriate time, uh, I think that also goes into how do you give the, not only the patient a better experience, but the provider a better experience in delivering that care. And Commander Holston, finally, where do we see the future of EHRs going, and what steps is the De Defense Department taking to ensure that its electronic health records will remain interoperable with other healthcare systems and providers? Well, I, I just want to continue on with uh, the point Rob was making, just where do I see electronic health records go? I think technology needs to be in the hand of the provider. You know, I, I like to dream small, 
And by that, I mean that the electronic health record and all of the clinical decision support rolled into that can fit into the hand of the provider. Now, in, in the Department of Defense, we have a little bit more unique mission as we move forward. And not only do we want that in a connected environment, but we also need that in a low comms to no comms environment, which makes the segment two of MHS Genesis uh, more challenging. But I think we can achieve it. So I want to see that our electronic health record not only fits in the hands of our docs in Washington State, but that it also fits in the hand of our corpsman taking care of the crew of a submarine or the 18 Delta Special Forces medic caring for a casualty in the field not connected to any network. They should have the same references, same access to specialty and subspecialty knowledge that you and I have access to when we practice stateside. In terms of where do I see electronics health records going in general, I think as we move forward, we'll realize that the electronic health record is really a platform to the database that sits underneath it. And I think we're going to see a lot of development of digital health platforms. You know, as we see artificial general intelligence increase in terms of what it's capable of doing, I don't see why we couldn't have a digital health platform where artificial general intelligence modules are searching terabytes of data uh, to quickly identify patients at risk for behavioral health issues that could benefit from interventions or identify populations or areas where opioid abuse is endemic. I don't think that should be a goal unique to the DOD, but I think we all together as a medical society should be working towards that goal. And finally, just in terms of interoperability, I'm very excited about what we're doing moving forward. And we're going to spend the next few years working together with the Veterans Affairs and Coast Guard Brethren to ensure that our use of the same instance, uh, which is our database, ensures that our warriors, beneficiary, and vets get the best care. I made a, a promise eight years ago before any RFI or RFP to, to launch MHS Genesis that I would not retire prior to replacing Ascent, or CCI's Accentris, Alta, and CHCS. And eight years ago, that kind of seemed like a lofty goal. <laughs> and I got a few snickers and you don't know what you're talking about. That's impossible. That'll never happen. So now my goal when I retire is that I can walk into the local VA clinic where I'm going to receive care and never carry a single piece of paper, that it will all be in the health information exchange space and nothing will be required to be in my hand other than my phone and my wallet with my little ID. I don't think that's too lofty of a goal, um, but we'll be spending the next few years to make that goal a, a reality. Awesome. And, and Rob, from your perspective, what, a, what additional advice would you offer to federal agencies to ensure electronic health records evolve in ways that can improve the way providers deliver health care to patients? A uh, couple things in, in terms of advice, the, a big need to solve for today. There's important workflows, challenges that are based on today that those need to get solved for. And if there's uh, the way to put in some flexibility you know, for the next five years, you know, as Commander Holston mentioned, AI, there's a lot of technology innovation. So to the extent that we can solve for today, make things better for now, but then also uh, have some uh, flexibility built into new care models, new technologies uh, down the road, that'd be ideal, challenging as it may be. Uh, and then uh, the second one would be you know, really embracing standards for patient care, clinical decision-making. You know, these, these missions are so wide, they, they impact so many people. Uh, that if there's some ways to factor in clinical decision-making, applying standards to the same treatment you know, for different use cases, these are all things that hopefully um, you know, newer systems can be smarter and provide that, uh, the level of care that, that service members need uh, for readiness and, and, and veterans need in their, in their daily lives. So uh, I guess I, I would end it again just by thanking 
Brent Holston and his team and the folks within VA, DHA, and other supporting agencies you know, for the great work that they have started to do and are embarking to do in some other cases. Great advice, and we echo that as well. I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Commander Alexander M. Holston at DOD's Healthcare Management System Modernization Program Office and Rob Sherry at VMware, thanks for joining us to talk about modernizing electronic health records. And thanks to the folks at VMware, Intel, and Kerasoft for underwriting today's episode on modernizing electronic health records. Look for more of our coverage on healthcare IT modernization and government on fedscoop.com. This is Billy Mitchell. Thanks for tuning in.